Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, it's Lloyd Spence, and guess what? It's that time of year, my favorite time of year, March Madness. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, the NBA is also in full swing. College basketball is heating up as the schools make their way to the madness. Listen, the tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Look, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. And guess what? You can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go to BetOnline.ag. BetOnline. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. Tell them the noisemakers sent you. Popcorn Welcome to Talking Noise, the 
Daily Podcast that brings you up to speed and keeps you informed about real issues affecting real people. With your host, Mr. Talking Noise himself, Lloyd Spitz. His beautiful wife, Mrs. Noise, Kenyatta Spitz. The ever-informed Brother Noise, Alan Brown. And yours cordially, Uncle Noise, Shake Anderson. Come on in and join us as we reveal and opine today's most pressing issues. Real truth while having real fun. Chalky Noise is in your house right now. So sit back and enjoy Chalky Noise. Glad to be here with you today on this beautiful Thursday. We're right in the midst of, of what's about to be March Madness, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but also, we are gearing up for an exciting show today, an excitingly themed show today, talking about black success uh in 2021 what does it mean how do you know when you got it that kind of thing so i'm gonna start to show off a little bit different than we normally would uh first of all we give all this love to the noisemakers for showing up and being present and accounted for good to see each and every one of you pulling up in the building appreciate y'all like y'all know we do dion and uh i don't even know who's here right now uh lewis what up cuzzo um just who all of y'all, y'all know who y'all. Goodness gracious. I started calling names, I'll forget somebody. Cause that's that's typically what happens. I start calling names, I start forgetting names and don't see somebody. Uh I do have to say Lil from Lil Company, because you know, that's like oh, I didn't know I was muted. You sound like an old Baptist preaching. I do start calling start names. Calling I names. I'm I'm gonna get somebody, you know, that's that's true though. Charge it to my head, not to my heart. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true, y'all know it's true because them old Baptist preachers will forget somebody in a heartbeat (laughs) and then get clowned at the church. So, why ain't you call? I don't want to be, I don't want to get Chrissy Teigen by nobody. That's really what my goal is. Wow, is that what it's called now? I don't want to get Chrissy Teigen. Teigen, yeah, I don't want to get Teigen out here in these streets, although you know. I realized something in uh, preparation of this show. A very, very strong and unique thought came to my mind in preparation of this show. Oh. Kim Kardashian is pissed at Kanye West. You think so? She is pissed. She is really, really angry. And how do I know she's angry? How do you know? She is trying to walk away from $6.6 billion. I'm sorry. That's right. Kanye is apparently now worth $6.6 billion. Now, is is that his projection? Because, you know, he was was inflated last time. He was inflated last time, or so we thought he was inflated. We thought he was. 
Is this Forbes? This is Forbes saying, What do you say? Your boy is worth six point six billion. The Yeezys and the uh, the Adidas sneaker apparel line uh, combined, or the Adidas and the Yeezys, the Gap, whatever it is, all that together combined to be about six point six billion dollars. Your, your boy, making him wait for it, making him not the richest rapper. Oh no, 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 no. Kanye is now the richest black man. I thought that's what you were going to say. In these Americas. A black man. <laughs> now, I got to wonder, because she filed for a divorce in mid-February. I wonder if she's going to run down to the court and be like, hold up. Hey, I, I think uh, all that's going to come into uh, negotiations anyway because it's not yet finalized. I was going to say. Finalized, but I'm going to tell you, does she have a legal ground to stand on? But you know what? Kanye's smarter than that. I know he got that. Uh, he said it in the song. You got to get that prenup. We want prenup. Yeah, he did say we want prenup. that you need to have because when she leave, she going to leave with that. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. So I hope he took his own advice. Because if not, know. you know, you said uh, uh, earlier, you said uh, uh, Tegan, Tegan, you don't want to get Tegan. No, well, I'm gonna don't say, do that. Don't do that. What? I thought you were gonna say she was about to. Tegan ain't left John Legend. No, no, I'm saying that Kim Kardashian, uh, um, uh, or should I say, uh, uh, Kanye West, don't want to get Bezos. Ooh. Ooh, mama noise. Ooh. Don't be out in these streets getting bezoed. She's already remarried. She gave all that money to the HBCUs. By the way. Then she then re-upped and married. By the way, shout out to her new husband, the science teacher. What a come up. Talk about an upgrade. (laughs) Lord Jesus, bro. And to smack Bezo in the face, she just start giving away money. She's just throwing. She riding. You get down a million. Street. You get a million. She's just riding down the street, throwing it out the window. Just here. I don't want this. And this I'm giving money to the blacks. Does that mean Jeff? Be- is Jeff Bezos right? Jeff Bezos ain't racist, is he? No, but I'm just saying. She, but you I'm know. saying she's so deliberate about giving it to the blacks. I'm wondering if she's saying, "I'll show you, fool." I'm not only giving it away. I'm giving it away to the blacks. Well, remember all, them, remember all them nights we laid in bed and you was using that word? Well, I'll show you. <laughs> you, you and, you and, you and uh, John Shatner thought y'all was real cute calling them niggas, didn't you? John uh-huh. Shatner? Who was that? Mr. Papa John's. Oh, I thought you was finna say my boy, Captain Kirk. I was finna say, what William, is that? William Shatner. John Schneider. Oh, okay. Schneider. See, it's you said Shatner, and it's Snyder. I thought it was Shatner. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't remember Race's last name sometimes. I'll be getting confused. <laughs> Lily said, what you're not going to do is mess up his Amazon money. I stand with Amazon, too. <laughs> I stand with Amazon, too. You know what, Lily? You know what, Lily? I ain't going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my That's God. Funny. That is funny. I stand with Amazon, too, doggone it. And I, I think, stand for that Amazon sponsorship. I was going to say, I stand with uh, the former Mrs. Bezos. Go ahead, Bezos. Go ahead, brother. I'm oh, with whatever you. Whatever her last name uh, is. Listen, I, all, all jokes aside, Kanye 
to be 43 and worth $6.6 billion, that's pretty amazing. That's a so, come up. So does he have to split that with his other personality? You know, you what? know what? You know what? This is we. It's too early to be off the rails this fast. I'm just it's saying, early. we just got started. We just got started. So is he like worth three point two, and his oh. alter egos oh. worth three point two? Oh. oh no, that goes the Kanye deal. Um, we were we were all gonna get Yeezys, and then so that's, close. Now that's, now that's over. That's all over. We were gonna be outfitted in Adidas gear, and and now it clashes know. with your fila. So it does. <laughs> I'm working on that fila, y'all. Emote. Y'all don't even know. I'm working on that feline right as we speak. So it makes me wonder, but now, do I need $6.6 billion? I don't need it, but I ain't going to turn it down. It would be helpful. But I'll tell you, helpful like what? We got got a $6.5 billion project we working on? No, I'm saying it would be helpful to just, I mean, I could just see uh, a wealth of things. Well, interesting uh, as well. Um, so are you saying I can't be successful with my $6.60? You can't. Well, okay. well, but that's just it. We got to define what is black success. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got a black success story happening right here in front of us in Mr. Popcorn World of Baron Burton right now. Right. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's I knew you'd want to be in on this one, so I had to, I had to get you in on this one. Cause we got Cause today we're gonna start defining what bl- black success looks like. What does black success look like? Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, now I'll say this: we all laugh at Kanye, and we all get frustrated about all the crazy stuff he does or whatever. But if you made six point six billion dollars in your lifetime, mm. you've done something business wise right. Yeah. Or you've been at least smart enough to hire good people. Mm-hmm. So I gotta ask you guys: Is Kanye black success? Oh wow! Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give you one of my answers. Okay, um, of course you are. There's a difference between black accomplishments and black success. Okay. All right. Um, I don't deem people that with money successful. I know people that don't, you know, they make a, a maybe $35,000 a year and they're happy and content with what they have, but they're very effective in what they do within the immunity, whatever. They're very well respected. Um, and I, I deem them successful. For me to say success, success is, I think everybody is purpose driven. We're all birthed here for a reason. We're all birthed here to accomplish something that God gave us gifts to utilize to accomplish. And when you do that and you feel that completion, that's success. Um, And when we, I think by blacks growing up being spiritual, uh, we can't, we can't attribute success to monetary getting the bag. I think that's a, a trick of the trade. Um, I don't think we really need need to fall in that. Like right now, financially, personally, financially, I don't make a lot of money. The business is circulating money, but I'm not bankrolling that money and putting it in my in my pocket. Am I not successful? You understand what I'm saying? I do. But so, but but here's here's the other side of that statement, and and I I hear exactly what you're saying. 
I, I want I want to bring you into the conversation we had yesterday because I think it ties into what you just said. We look at the two dichotomies of LeBron James and Michael Jordan. LeBron is not as wealthy as Michael, but most of us would look at LeBron as being more successful and heralded more so than Michael because Michael don't do nothing for nobody. Michael does nothing, or it appears, I'll say it that way, it appears Michael doesn't do things for people outside of maybe some writing some checks, you know, the different causes that he believes in, which is not a small thing, by the way. That's not a small thing. But but LeBron shares the game, and he mentors young players, and he's, you know, he's – He's become the face of the league, league's present, as well as the mentor and the bridge to the league's future. And so is that success. So, so it's trying to define, based like what you said, it's not just about the money because who wouldn't want to sit in a room with Michael Jordan and pick his brain about various topics as it relates to his success? A lot of people right. would. So. Right. So we so I'm asking you as well as Mama Noise, whereas Al and Unc when he arrived, what is black success in 2021? What would be black success as we go forward in 2021? Is it getting a check, these stimmy? Because a lot of people are staying home and getting these stimulus checks and uh um uh, uh unemployment money, and they're like, shoot, I'm winning out here. And right. PPP and- loans and all that stuff. Right. So, and that's the thing. So, okay, going back to the Michael Jordan deal, right? Yep. Um, so let's let's make some acknowledgments because I'm I'm a big um, LeBron would not have the platform that he has if it were not for the platform that Michael Jordan built. Okay. So, I think we have to. Um, I don't want to chop this word up. Compartment, men, co- compartment, mentalize, or you, you know the word. That's, That's it. it. Um, the word compartmentalize. You got it. Yeah, we we got we have to take that and look at it. Okay, Jordan came up in an era where the media made you a rookie, right? So Jordan had to be very cautious on what he did, what he said, how he said, it, and how he did it. Even though he was the great Michael Jordan or who he was, Michael Jordan didn't make the, like the media because he realized the media is what made him, right? As far as, you know, because his talents was his talent. But let's face it, the media chased his talent, right? Um, and with that being said, Michael Jordan had his brand. He's done quite a few things in the community, But he did not have, I don't think he had the freedom to say what he wanted to say the way that LeBron has had the freedom to do. And reason, partially, what was that? You don't think he had the freedom? No, no, no. (laughs) It's too many many in the era, right? I mean, look at the era that it is. I'm 46, we're up there in age. We come from that era, right? And we know that the media was, uh, um, you know, the media was was 
Well, yeah, Magic was foundation, but Jordan Jordan took it there. Um, we we know that the media could make you and break you back in the day because there was a lot that you know they didn't have cell phone cameras and everything else where we can control our own dialogue. So at any time, the media could have turned on Jordan, right, and found him another uh, wagon to 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 ride early enough. We mm-hmm. have to understand that, you know, and we got to look at it. Jordan had his gambling issues and things like that. that happened in the background. I don't heard all the stories being here in Chicago, right? Um, I mean, his wife came right here from Harvey, Illinois. So, you know, um, you hear the stories that are never told, right? Right. There's a reason why those stories never saw the light of day. Because he was good for business. Now we live in an era that Jordan built a platform because, let's face it, um, um, let's face it, the number on uh, Bron James' chest is 23, not, you know, not 32, not Kareem. It's 23, and it's 23 for a reason. Okay. So Jordan, I think Jordan had his success in building that platform. He made his sacrifices to build that platform. Now, Jordan is one that opened the gates for all the, um, what do you call it, um, brand deals, right? So now once you let all these brand deals come into the picture, McDonald's, Gatorade, everything else, you name it, now Jordan is the one who really, really kind of solidified that the player is on brand. LeBron okay. took the reins, and he bettered it, right? He took the reins. Jordan cracked that door open. LeBron said, okay, it's open. Now I'm going to kick it wide open to make sure that it doesn't close. So I think they both in that area were successful. Okay, Al, Mama Noise, what y'all think about that? I, I'll just say that uh... – Success can only be determined internally. I can't define uh, uh, LB's success. I can't define Lloyd's success. I can't define uh, uh, LeBron's success being greater than uh, Michael Jordan's success because success is how you – uh, uh, feel about what you've accomplished okay. in your life, in your journey. So I think success is internal. And I don't think but it's... Do we, do we define as black people, and then the mama knows I want you to jump in there after we answer this, do we define our success so that we can know individually what it is? Like, I don't know if we ever... I wonder sometimes if we as individuals ever take the time to say to ourselves or to define what ourselves, what black success is, which which to me is part of the problem, both individually and collectively. I don't I don't know if we always know when we when we won. I, here's the best example I can give you. And Al, this one will be near and dear to your heart. I thought. In 2000, I guess this was 2013, 
uh, I was covering the University of Louisville, and for the uh, I was covering the um, the bowl game that Louisville was going to go on. This would be end up being Teddy Bridgewater's last game as a uh, Louisville Cardinal, and the game, the bowl game, just happened to be the same day as the uh, Louisville-UK game, which obviously we all know is a big rivalry game. So the game is in Orlando. They're playing Miami Hurricanes. The game is in Orlando. I was wondering, I'm like, man, that's I don't know why they picked this bowl game because it's on the same day as the rivalry game. I mean, how is that going to look down in Orlando? Well, I'll tell you how it looked. It looked like 60,000 U of L fans going to Orlando. It was packed down there. We took over half that stadium, and it looked amazing. And Charlie Strong, a black man, was the head coach of that team. He was winning. He was seeing success. That was not good enough for him. I want don't want to be at a team where I'm the second great head coach. I want to go to a team where I'm the main head coach. So he left Louisville and chased after success in Texas. And ultimately, it has cost him dearly. Again, so he didn't apparently feel successful. But see, he did didn't he know feel accomplished. But here's the thing, Al, and I throw this out at you and Mama Noy. Can we sometimes, I don't know if we stop to look at what we've done comparatively to what is out there. Like Charlie at that moment was probably and arguably the top black head coach in the United States of America. Because he had, because think about it, he's coming off of, a, of, the, of the Sugar Bowl win the year before. He now has this huge win. It, uh, in the Russell Athletic Bowl, he's he's that dude. He's got a great recruiting class coming in uh, with Lamar and some other folk. He is that guy. But instead of celebrating himself or t- understanding that he is really in a great situation, he chased something else. So I don't know. I I hear I agree with what you said, Al. He didn't feel it, and no, that's why he went after it. But Mama Noise, what do you think about that? Do you think we understand what black success looks like in 2021? No, I don't think we understand what black success looks like in 2021. I think it's amazing how um, you only start to get the revelation when somebody outside of yourself, Al was saying success, you know, is determined to what you, you believe success to be, which is, you know, I understand that, you know, uh, to be true. However, um, it's like somebody on the outside telling you how valuable something is to you. And you go, oh, I didn't realize that because you take it for granted. You take for granted. um, uh, I'll just say like your marriage. You say, oh, okay, my marriage is all right, you know. Uh, it, it probably because you're seeing all the flaws, you're seeing all the things that you believe to be wrong. But then somebody outside your marriage is like, man, uh, I wish my marriage was like yours. And then you like, then you start looking at your marriage in a different light because somebody on the outside said, man, your marriage is is, is fantastic, or your business, man, you uh, 
um the baron talking about popcorn world we saying man popcorn world is the lick it's it man i wish we had one where we are so many people reaching out about popcorn world and 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 way before we even uh you know before we even tried it we was like man uh we need to get connected with this dude because we we really believe that this is something but then when you then LeBaron said a few minutes ago well you know cash is flowing through the stores but it ain't like it's in my pocket we just like what yeah you know so i mean so it's almost like the old saying of in the eye of the beholder from the eye from from what we can see it's like man you got not just one little store you're trying to hold on to you got barely enough cash passing through you got a, a couple of stores you know you're doing all right and and from the outside that's what we see but you on the inside saying you know i'm doing okay but you know it's it's not you know exactly you know i've, I've got i strive for it to be better but you know right. no that's a good, that's a great <laughs> point great everybody yeah, yeah. No, I was about to say, yeah, because a lot of people don't, they don't understand the cost of doing business. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. that doesn't make me any, any less successful, right? Um, and it, and that's, I guess that's what it was. Is what I was trying to say, it doesn't attribute to the cash that you put in pocket. And I think that's something that we learned through, I don't know if I want to say the propaganda of the media that we watch, right? It's like uh, we associate a high dollar amount to being successful, and there's plenty of celebrities, millionaires, and things that have com committed suicide, and I don't attribute that to being successful. I don't yeah. think that if you, fully, if you fully feel successful that you commit suicide, become a drug addict, become an alcoholic. Successful people don't do that. I'll, I'll share yeah. this with you. I'll share this with you to that point, and and this it kind of is what sparked the show a little bit. Um, I was watching my bishop. You know, I, sometimes I go back and listen to my bishop and my pastor Dave Chappelle's messages, and so I listened to one from last night, uh, and he started this message by saying, "Anthony, remember, Anthony Bourdain killed himself because he was unhappy." His job and career was traveling the world to exotic places and eating exotic exotic foods and meet and and uh, meeting interested people, and he didn't think that that was a fulfilling life, and he killed right. himself. That that is a th that is a massive testimony to what how we define success. And then I want to take this the conversation a step further. It's hard to define success. If it's, if it's hard to define success individually, it becomes doubly hard to define success culturally because now we don't know what the win looks like as black people. Yeah. I just looked at uh, an article that came out today uh this article is in oh gosh i'm sorry i didn't get the name of it i looked at everything except for the name of the, uh, the company family minded it's a it's a familyminded.com they did an article and they they listed the richest family in every united states the richest family in in every state in the united states oh okay what okay. do you think the common thread 
of all 50 families is in every state. Let me get a redhead. A little mm. bit more specific than that. Caucasian? They are Caucasian. They put sugar in their grits. No, well, listen, nope. you're, not putting, you're not putting sugar in your grits. I don't no, know how they, you I don't no, know how you're living eat, in this world. No, they, they eat cream of wheat. Oh my goodness. No! Clearly, clearly we'll be talking about that at the end of this show today. No clearly. question. Um well, no, and they're all Caucasian. There's no, there's not one black family. And 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 here's what's ironic about it. Uh, I go, I went through the list, and I just started looking at different companies. Uh, shout out to Kanye, who's got uh, the Rain family beat. I think that was one. He's got a couple of families beat: the Rain family in uh, Alabama and the Gilliam family in Alaska. Kanye is worth more than both those families, but mm. that's about it. Uh, the rest are at least ten billion and up. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I take that back. The Simplot family in Idaho is worth six billion. So he's got three families beat. Um, but my point is <clears throat> to go back to what something LeBaron said, as black people, we don't even know what that looks like. So we don't even know how to apply the financial side of success into the conversation. We don't have any idea how to put that into the conversation. So for us, it's good health. It's a good job. It's I got a house. I got this. And then what what's scary about that to me is that we get fixated on the pursuit of a a a, a narrative and a dream that is insulated, and it's not. It doesn't. It, it doesn't reach beyond ourselves into the community, into our families, into building anything sustainable, into building wealth. We build bank accounts, but we don't build wealth. So Mm. now we have money, but then like my wife and I did in October, we both buried our fathers and their children don't get anything because our fathers built money they had money, but they didn't have wealth. And in the case of my father, he didn't even have that. So it's 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 a tough conversation to have because we never because we never define black success all the way out. It's incomplete in its in its. I don't even know if it's complete in our minds that we're supposed to be going after that. Like that's part of what we're supposed to do as in responsibility to not just ourselves, but our families and our communities. We don't see it that way. And I, I think that's one of the key things within, and I, that's why I alluded to earlier, within the black community, we have to look at success differently. And it's one of those things that I feel, and this is my opinion, I feel within the black community, unless we all get to a each one reach one mentality, um, I I truly don't see where we as a community can success state. And because if you think about it, if you think about it, name one community in the U.S. that we totally outrightly own from the politics on down to the home. Name one community own. we own. own. That we own, meaning nah, that, that doesn't happen. 
Exactly. And then until, until, until we can get to that status, I don't care if it's because Atlanta, we don't own Atlanta. It's a land of opportunity for black folks. But it's we just a lot of us. Yeah, it's just a lot of us there. Yeah. Because if we owned it, we wouldn't have had the issues that we had during the election. We right. wouldn't well, have to make that big fight. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I think that, you know, ironically, I was watching uh, ESPN's 3030 last night on um, and my I just been totally enlightened because, you know, we for those of us that are not, you know. Which one were you watching before you I was watching you the, off, you were the watching 3030 broke. Off. There you go. 3030 broke. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, my eyes are open. Because I thought that when, like, for instance, I'm going to just use him as an example, not because he's broke, but I'm saying, like, Patrick Mahomes signed the contract for $500 million, well, right? He definitely ain't broke. And No, but I'm saying that that's what it was going. They were showing how all these different athletes were, were signing contracts of millions and millions of dollars, but how many of them had zero financial literacy? Right. Zero understanding of finances. And 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 a, a couple of them would would go all the way up to the uh, owner and say, "Hey man, I signed this contract for X Y Z. Why does my check look like this?" Not understanding that, bruh, you signed that contract, but no, it ain't uh, less the taxes. No, it ain't less the fees. No, it ain't less. You know, and, and then by the time they get it, they're like, "What happened to all my millions?" And then half of them start just, I mean. It was blowing my mind because they were like, how many of them are taking care of families and stuff out of guilt? And families that be like, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be in the NFL. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be in the NBA. I mean, it, it's, it, I felt so sorry for these players that at the end of the day, they broke with no money now because they went out trying to not get themselves a rope, but get rope for all my homies and then get cars for all my sisters. And then get houses for all my mamas until until uh, uh, the the, fi- the uh, financial advisor said, "Hey, you do know that just because you get them in these houses, if you break one, you know, one injury that keeps you from getting a check, now you're gonna have to tell them to move out of the houses because you just got them in. You didn't pay off the houses." But going back to Al's point, in their minds, that's success. That's success. We had another one of our wonderful sponsors, Miss Lillian Hempill from the Lil Company, has joined us here hey, on the hey. show today. Uh, I like I like having our uh, our entrepreneurs on the show today. This is nice. This is real nice. So, Lil, what's your thoughts on what we're talking about? This defining of black success as we look at it in twenty twenty one. Well, to be honest with you, first of all, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? I'm looking doing a little great. rough because. If you want to know what success is, and you know, you got to realize that it is work. You know, it's great. You know, like you see LeBaron, LeBaron has on his little logo. And, you know, most time you see LeBaron, LeBaron is sitting in front of the camera. You don't see LeBaron hustling. Okay. So I'm going to tell you right now, I just got like a big shit minions out. So for those of you watching, this is my storeroom. I'm sitting here. So, you know, I got stuff. You're not seeing that. Success starts out with dreams. And, um, you know, when I taught school, I taught entrepreneurship in my class. I taught financial literacy. And it was amazing to me how people don't, you see point A, and you think you talk about point A to Z. You don't see 
LMNK OP. You don't see all of Right. Right. You're not seeing it. You're not seeing when bears up at 2 o'clock in the morning trying to come up with a new flavor. You're not seeing, I'll give you a case in point, I, I came up with a product that nobody, I don't, to be honest with you, at this point in time, I don't think nobody in the world has had. And you didn't see me for the past year. Everybody telling me, no, it could not be created. But <coughs> success is that in your mind, yes, it can. So if it took me two or three months to sit up there and watch YouTube videos, and for those of you who don't know, I watch YouTube videos. Then I sat there and translated this. I write it down in English, type it up in Google Translate to translate the directions on how to do something and modify it into Chinese. Then I handed it, then I sent it to him and said, now do this. And to be honest, I had people tell me up and down, this is just a small sample. I'm going to put down the red. We're going to do the blue. But this could not be done on a large scale. No, I refuse. It's just like with LeBaron. And LeBaron, I'm stepping on your toes here. But I'm sure that somebody told him popcorn ain't going to sell. And you know what? I know we got children on here, but, I, I, but anybody who knows me, I keep it real. And in his mind, he goes, nigga, please. I know what can be done. Yeah. Success, I'll hit it on the head. You can't define what success for somebody else. But as African-Americans, number one, you got to start out with a goal. Because and you have to have that mindset that I believe the second one you got to have belief in it because you're gonna sit up here and, and you're gonna have that says, you know, I love my mom and dad dearly. I sure do. Um my mom and dad at one point took a point time told, told me I'm crazy as a, as a rolling. No, this they said what now say that again. They said I was crazy as a road lizard. Y'all know how we southerners are. We a road lizard. Okay, all right. I want to make <laughs> sure lizard. I I want to make sure our podcast audience knew that you were compared <laughs> to a road lizard. I just want to make sure that was clear. Yes, yes. But, you know, I remember, you know, when I made my very first T-shirt, um, when I had got the machine. And for those of you who don't know, what possessed me to take a picture, I took a picture step by step, how I made that shirt, and I put it on Facebook. And I actually wrote this blurb, one day I reflect on this, and remember this moment. There's greatness that's gonna happen. Fast forward with three years. The other thing about success is you keep going when you don't think nobody's watching. And, and that's the one thing I used to have to tell my students all the time is you don't know who, who looking at you. Now, I don't define this as black success. In order to make it in this game, you got to be flat out, I'm aiming for success. That means I got to beat Bobby Ray. I got to beat Raven, I got to beat Rachel, I got to beat Consuela and Pedro and Ho Chi Minh and Chan. I got to beat all of you because in that game, if I'm making the best possible product, it doesn't matter what color you are because at the end of the day, the only color that matters is green. I'm sure that when LeBaron goes in, once again, I'm stepping on your toes, LeBaron, uh, <laughs> that when he's going in there with that popcorn, he's not saying, I'm just trying to be the best black popcorn maker. No. He's trying to be the best popcorn maker, period. And the other thing is this, is that as black entrepreneurs, we get so caught up in trying to satisfy black folks' wishes. Baby, you can't do that. You're going to drive yourself okay, crazy. Okay, but let me, let me stop you right there because I want to use something Al said and, 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 and 
get back into the, the same conversation. Because Al said yeah. we all have to define what success is for our own individual selves. So what is wrong with me wanting to be the best black whatever and just cater to one group of people? There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't want people to think there's something wrong with that if I just there's have no a back, uh, what I consider a black product and cater it to black people. I can say this. I can say this. Go ahead. I don't compete against my own. Okay. The thing is, is my own don't have enough to compete against. Okay. So. Okay. The thing is, is I'm competing against a 400-year head start. That's what I'm always competing against. Come on, sir. And the only thing that I can do is create opportunity for my own. So that's why I said that blacks cannot look at economics. They cannot look at success the same way that white America can look at it because we don't have platforms that they have to stand on, right? So, yes, I want to be the largest black popcorn business in the U.S. because there is no popcorn business on a large scale. There's plenty of mom and pops, right? But there is no national brand like Garrett's or you know, any of these other brands, right? So I am not competing against my own. I'm creating a lane file. And I think that is just to that statement. I think that is it's the frame of thought, you know. I'm not in business. The money is a byproduct of my efforts, Right? If I create that lane, if when people say gourmet popcorn, the first thing they think of is popcorn world, I created the avenue for the next brother that comes up and wants to do something different within my space. No, I, 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 I agree. With Baron, you know, because he, he, he hits it on the head. You know, um, when I'm trying to create my product, in my mind, I'm not, you know, right now I'm known for Zeta. And even if it's just Zeta, I'm trying to make the best possible products I can for Zeta. Stuff that you don't see anywhere else. I, I can say, Sora, first of all, I want to say thank you for that wonderful shout out for supporting my hogs, Woo Pig Suey. All oh, right. <laughs> um, but she will tell you, and, and I will bounce stuff off of her head in the middle of the night and she was like girl will you will you come up with that and, and, and my my goal is is to be not just good for zeta but just being the best possible and that goes back to i'll give you case one and you don't know how did i how did i get, how did i become bigger like what i'm doing now um again it goes back to you never know who's watching now i'm gonna sit up and tell you being a black entrepreneur is a double-edged sword because you also have people who don't like you it, now i love it not everybody's your friend mama ain't lied about that and so how i got started was um becoming a licensed vendor i actually had somebody to turn me in and report me they sure did to shut my to shut my business down i was blessed it got so bad that it actually went to the vice president of clc and bless her heart she's a white woman in ohio never met her before in my life and what possessed her she flipped through my portfolio she was supposed to send me legal papers to shut me down 
she took my portfolio and saw my work. She hit me up and said, instead of giving you a cease and desist, I want you to become a part of CLC. And it was just like that. My life changed when I got my licensing agreement. And after the license agreement, again, you make a good work to the point in time that now, you know, I got one of the largest sororities in the United States who is not black looking to do a partnership with me. The first the first company out of all the ones she worked with who came off the top of her head was you need to work with this one. So again, you know, your success, that you know, I got to stress it. When you being successful, not everybody gonna be for you. Mm-mm. Be prepared for that. Some of your main backstabbers are the ones you think that are the closest to you. And so that's something you have to you have to be prepared for. But anyway. So okay, so I understand how we're talking about it individually. So how do we get, and maybe we should do this after the commercial break because we got to get a commercial in. But I want you guys to think about this because I hear what everybody's saying about the individual and I get that, that makes sense. So how do we take that individual mindset, whether it's completely like LeBans or Lillian's or whatever, how do we take that and translate it into a cultural thing where we can move the black culture forward. Cause here's the one thing that I think is missing from the conversation. Okay. Our, our individual success as black people is not translating into a cultural movement. And that may be the problem or the reason why we're not seeing sustainable movement in the black community toward any of the things that we want to see in our community. So let's talk about that here in just a minute. You're listening to talking noise. The Daily Podcast. It's Thursday. We're having a good time. We'll be right back in a second. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Mr. Noise, and I'm trying to tell y'all what's going on with our newest sponsor, eBay. Now, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to top the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verifies the box, logo, stitching, and a dozen of other inspection points. And each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. You can't beat that. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. That's ebay.com slash sneakers today. It's eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Tell them the noisemaker sent you. Popcorn Yeah, 
We are back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Talking Noise Daily Podcast. Al B, Mama Noise. Uh, uh, LeBaron has been in and out. A little company, Mr. Lillian Hemphill, is here. We having a good time talking about this thing called Black Success. What is it? How does it look? And how do we take our individual success? Uh, what is that? Lil, Lil got a new blanket. Oh, my goodness. That's really nice. That's not uh, a blanket. Lil, you, are, you muted. You are muted, Lil. I'm sorry. How are you? Okay, thank you. We got you. There you go. Okay, that's not a that's not a blanket. Hey, Mama Noise, you know I want you to be cute on the show, so we kind of coming up with something. So you know when she wants to be like really really cute, hold on. This is actually a it's a poncho. Actually, it's silk chiffon poncho. Yeah. So when you want to be a little bit sexy, you know you cute. Hey. You know that way that way you don't have to be like the boys all the time. You can be like, look, I'm coming here cute today. Okay. I want to. So I want to be poncho, cute too. So what, what if I want to put on a poncho? No, and, and no, walk you don't. No, cute? no, no, no. No, honey, it's not, you're walking around with a chiffon thing on. Al needs to drive from Louisville to come and hit you. He does. Oh my! I, you know what? Let's just. Let's I mean, Al, Al, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, if you if he wears that, you need to come just walk up in the house and say, "I got this." I'm not here for this violence, Lily. If, if, I am if, not here. if this podcast logs on <laughs> and he's wearing a Poncho. Poncho. Why didn't why you know it was Chiffon? I didn't know it was Chiffon. She said it's that chiffon. in her description. I thought it was like wool or something. No, she said a Chiffon. Does Mama Noise be keeping it cold up in here? <laughs> so I, I thought it was something I could keep warm with. Oh my God. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. How do we how do we take this passion that Lil has, this passion that LeBaron has, and create cultural momentum? Okay. That's First one of all, thing that's missing. Go ahead. First of all, I heard LeBaron say, each one, teach one. You know, in our culture, we have a mentality of, you know what, uh, all this hard work and stuff I did, I deserve, and I ain't finna share, and I ain't finna train nobody else up. This this is my blessing, and I worked hard for it, and there it is. But it's sort of like I told, um, I told uh, Azaria just the other day, I said, you know, my godfather, shout out, uh, his name is Michael Jackson. Um, uh, is he the dark skin one or the light skin one? He's my, he's my godfather, <laughs> the dark skin he's a dark Michael skin. Jackson. Okay, okay. I just want I have to clarify. I, yeah. And all so right. I, he is the jack of all trades. He's that guy that can put in a ceiling fan, change your oil, uh, 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 put in a new car system, uh, take your uh, brakes off, put new brakes on. Uh, fix your pipes. I mean, put up drywall. He is that guy. And I'm saying there are a lot of guys that are like that. But if they're not in a place where they can take all those gifts and train up some of these young men, a lot there's a lot of young men don't know nothing about changing no tire. And then yet and still, they want all these cars with rims and all that stuff on them, but you don't know what to do when it breaks down. And I'm saying we need to have we need to develop or or we, we got to get this mentality of it's our responsibility to be training someone, to be teaching someone what it is that you, I mean, I know you done been through this, you done went to school, somebody poured all into you, all that, but it's your job to not just keep it to yourself, 
but you have to be training someone. You have to be giving some of that information to someone. It's no different than what we talk about legacy. Back in the day, back, back, back in the day, it used to be you go to a mom and pop grocery store, the son or the daughter or whatever is being trained up to run the grocery store or to run whatever the business is. But now a lot of these businesses that uh, legacies, blacks, you know, our, you know, culture, our culture is yeah. not passing along the baton, passing along, uh, you know, that information to bring it up is, into our, uh, is, our that the, is that the reason why we can't get sustainable momentum because a, we don't have the information to create our own success individually so that we can do it collectively. Uh, is that is that that's Al Lil, do y'all what do y'all think about what Mama Noise is saying? I honestly think that no, we do not. Yes, it is missing, but I also think that there's a partial reason why it's missing. Because think about it. We've done it before. We've done it oftentimes. Yeah. And oftentimes it is met with backlash or should I say white lash? Oh, my. When okay. we have come together to be successful as a body, uh, successful as a people. It is always, you know, uh, 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 met with opposition from our uh Caucasoid counterparts. You, you, you go all the way back to the Reconstruction. Well, what happened after Reconstruction? We became successful, somewhat successful, right? Right. So what did they do? Well, let's take the Union troops. Let's move them out. And let's let the uh, uh, KKK back in. You, you think uh, Black Wall Street. They came yeah. and shut that down. You know, so we, we've been there. We've done that. And, and look what the results were. Well, how much of it is what Al said, where we've been stonewalled to our success as a culture and how much of it is we've self-sabotaged or is it a combination of both? OK, so for me, I think Al kind of really explained one of the very few times me and Al have actually like two days in a row, we actually agree. I totally agree with Al. <laughs> I, I show you how it is. Al, I even told Lloyd, I said something wrong. Me and Al didn't actually agree twice. Oh my God. You're, 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 you're merging as one. I love it. I'm here for it. No, no. no, 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 no. The, the universe is aligning. Yes, the universe is aligning. Either, well. either, that, either, either that or, you know, some asteroid or something about to hit. Oh, um, no. <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. I always totally agree. I agree with that, but I'm going to flip it because I used to be an economics teacher and in order to pass my class, I could teach about econ all day long, but before you could get get a passing grade in my class, you had to do something which is I call you had to develop a business. If I taught you economics well enough, you were able to start a business with zero mala and let's see how profitable you can make it. Um, to be honest with you, when I did that, my biggest constraint was not the kids' imagination. It was the adults. And I will tell you, I taught primarily at an African-American school, Washington Chapel, the one who I was the recent shooting. Um, 
and it would be the kids will come up with the greatest ideas, but it would be us who would tell them, no, you can't do that. And so you could tell the difference between when you had parents who totally backed their kids versus ones that, that did. I had some who came up with some great ideas, but because they didn't get parental support, their parents killed their dreams because oh, you wow. know what you, we couldn't we couldn't understand the dream. So those kids didn't do as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just cite two two examples. I had got called to the office one day. My, my principal and he's like, why are these kids walking around with so much money? What's going on? And I was like, well, they're doing an economics project for me. And he was like, Miss Hemphill, I just clipped six hundred dollars off one of your students. Six hundred. This is a boy in the ninth grade. Cash. He hmm. came up with the idea of the um the rope, the the I call it the bungee rope or whatever it is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He saw it on YouTube and decided to make it in colors. Now, this is a little white boy. He was even so savvy enough that he looked and he saw that a lot of the black teachers were of Greek organizations. This look, it was paracord. He went out <laughs> and got paracord in different colors of the sororities and fraternities and made them. And he, he made keychains. He did a, this boy got clipped with $600 cash. He was, and it was at Christmas time. He was going around selling from teacher. Let me tell you where he's at. he's at. He owns one of the largest funeral homes in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That is a like massive jump. <laughs> when Jimmy when Jimmy comes back home, he will always tell me, he was like, Miss Hempel, he was like, it was because of your class. He's like, you gave me that bug that I could do it. Don't and I would everybody would tell him how stupid that was. I had another, and, and, and I had another one. These um, two girls, no, three girls, two boys, got together and decided to make wreaths, Christmas wreaths. Okay, mm -hmm. to the point in time that they were so successful that, and they had a parent. She's a cop, and she backed them one hundred percent. Only one of the parents backed them, one hundred percent. Do you know? In seven weeks, them kids went from zero dollars to having a bank account statement with six thousand dollars in it because they knew what to do those girls like okay boys y'all ain't not detail oriented so the girls sat there and watched youtube videos after youtube videos and created these christmas reads the two boys were a marketing sales team so to that point Lillian, to that point is is our black success because LeBaron, you you've talked to me about how difficult it is to get young black people, and Lil, you're probably going through some of this yourself, to understand the path to success and greatness in, and I don't want, and I, and I'm, and I please don't take this in an insulting way, but just, I'm trying to help our audience understand this. The, the, to understand the, the path to great success in the simplistic nature of what you do. In other words, I make popcorn. That's what I do. But this can be a billion dollar business if you jump in and be a part of it. I make t-shirts and, and blankets and other paraphernalia. That's what I do. But it can be a billion dollar business if you jump in and understand it and follow the path of success. Is it hard to get young people to see that and to buy in and then to create a path 
that can become a community thing. Uh, yes. You got to remember, you're dealing with, with the Go ahead, LeBaron. Go ahead. No, I was asking, you said, uh, is it hard getting them to see that? Yeah, is it hard to get people to see that path? Because they come yeah. in and they say, well, I wanted, I want some money right now. And you're like, listen, you're going to make something now, but see the vision, see the whole thing, man. You could be a so, part of something greater. So this is the thing. This is the thing, Lloyd. I've had my most success with young people. Okay. okay. The problem is that we live in a society that I cannot, you know, like all my young people are in school right now, right? Oh, when you say young people, okay, so I was confused. Because when you said young people, I was thinking 20-somethings or or mid-20s, you know, under 30. They, they, but you're talking their, young, young, young. They've got their bad hat by the age of 22. So the young people, I've like when, when I first opened up here in Illinois, I had a whole team of nothing but teenagers. They were 16. level to this and a macro level to this if we want to see success individually and collectively and culturally man there at what point do we not do we understand that there's gonna be some sacrifice that like we're gonna have to make some not concessions but sacrifice i mean there's no other better word than sacrifice we as black people we don't understand that there's just to, to the path to success, you guys said it, man. People don't see, and we experience that here at Noise Media. Man, they don't see that I'm up till four o'clock. They, uh, uh, you know, planning and plotting and writing and and doing all the things that we're doing and making phone calls. They don't see all of the emails that go out to try to secure this guest, secure that guest, to move to have this meeting with this writer or this director or this production company or whatever they don't see all of the things that go along with chasing this success and so as a result of that 
I don't I guess I don't understand what our world or what our community wants when it comes to success. Do we well okay, so here's what I'll ask because it just hit me. Do we want success or do we want instant gratification? Instant gratification. That's that's it. That's it. Instant you hit it on the head. You know, that's what uh, I'm, as I'm talking to y'all, for those of you watching who wonder why I keep getting going back and forth, I'm actually making shirts because you know what? Just because I'm on the show, I still got to get my ground. I still got to get this. I still got to get this paper. That's one of the things you're, you're dealing with. You know, I agree with LeBaron. Even when I worked with JCPenney, my best employees was really under the age of 20 because wow. they had they had a go get attitude. If you showed them. And you give them a taste of things. Let me show you how it is. Let me, let me teach you how to do this, this, and this, this. And then I would also not just just teach them, but also, okay, great job. You're doing this. You're, you're awesome. Okay. Um, when I was with JCPD, if I got a sales bonus, I split it with my staff. I, I gave, I, you know, to be honest with you, half of my bonus was to my staff. Because I couldn't have got you that got bonus. You got a sales bonus on your part-time job. You would take that and give it to your staff with little company. No, no. When I was no, when she worked for JC Penney. Oh, when you worked with say, oh, when you when, when I, you ran that department. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's amazing. You know, you know, once I got a what was it eight thousand dollar bonus, mm -hmm. and, and without hesitation, my my boss gave it to me. That was the highest bonus that for that the division, the home division in Tyler, Texas, that a person had ever got. And I got it, and I went to the bank, and I put half of it in, and I told them, I said, I want you to divide this money up in envelopes. And they divided up the envelopes. I came back. Here's yours. Here's your. And my, my staff was like, what is this for? Now, all the rest of the boss, the managers, they got bonuses as well. But when I did that to my staff, right, my staff, they were like, wait a minute, you gave me part of your bonus. I couldn't do it without you. So you know what happened? they worked even harder sure yeah and so so you have to you know and, and the first ones to buy in on it the youngest one they oh, they, yeah. they they bought in the the ones who gave me the most grief was most of you got to 40 or 50. oh it was they were pure hell really my teenager. Mm -hmm. my, oh my teenager so, they so the older so Go ahead, go ahead, LeBaron, because you were about, about to jump to say, in there. I like that. I had, I had a young guy, okay, so back several years ago, we got invited to the Naperville Rib Fest. It's one of the large, it's larger than the taste of Chicago when it comes to ribs, right? Um, I got invited to the Naperville Rib Fest. I had lost my main cook because she had pneumonia. And I had this young guy that, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even know why I was paying this guy weekly, because he was just he was just not producing in the front of the store, right? So one day he got, he gets there early, and I'm back there. I'm hustling because I got to get ten thousand bags prepped for the festival, and I'm running the kettle and everything. He goes, uh, hey, "Can I run the kettle now?" Up to this point, they refused to hire a teenager to run the kettle. They always okay. wanted somebody older, more mature, because they didn't want the recipes messed up, everything else. I'm desperate at this point. I need all the help I can get. I'm, I'm climbing up this ladder with the eye open. I'm sleeping in between batches. 
And um, I go, hey, I want you to watch everything I'm doing. You know, pass me what I need you to, you know, need you to pass. It took two rounds, and this kid started taking over the kettle. And he was like, uh, he's like, LB, you can go up front and take a nap. I got it. I didn't have it in me to say, no, I got it. It was one of those desperate moments, right? This kid ran the kettle, called his father, and said, Dad, I got school in the morning. I'll be there, but I'm going to be in late. When it was nice to have the privilege of a white kid. Because, <laughs> you know, his father actually allowed him to do it, you know. Right. And he was like, you know, and... His father was cool. You know, his father always told me, well, he's very responsible, you know, yada, yada, yada. This kid carried me on my on his back through that whole festival. He came in. I gave him key to the store. He came in at midnight, worked until 4 o'clock in the morning, went to school at 8, came back and went back to work again. Um, I mean, he helped me through that whole process. And this was a kid. This was a 17-year-old kid. Wow. You know, and I wasn't looking at his value because I had him in the wrong spot. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that he he wanted to go to culinary school and everything else. Right? Wow. So this was, I, I wouldn't have been able to get that from an adult. I wouldn't have been able to get yeah. it. And if I did get it, they're going to be like, look, I know you're about to pay me for this. Right. You know, this, kid knew, <laughs> this kid knew that the money wasn't there, but he believed in the opportunity. Where is that kid now? I'm just curious. Uh, he's making like $25 an hour working for a um, uh, uh, some window company. Oh, okay. I I was hoping it ended with he's in culinary school running a restaurant or something. But He went, but, he went, he went to culinary school, but his skill set, and he, he goes to the store every once in a while and goes, you know what, I wouldn't have uh, had this skill set if it wasn't for you. And, you know, and he said, you taught me how to recognize customers, needs of customers, customer service, so how to execute. And, you know, he said one day he's going to own his own restaurant, but, you know, right now he's doing what he's doing. Oh, so he's still relatively young. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow, that's I, awesome. He, I think he may be 23, 24. Oh, so that story's still being written. But you know why I love that story, LeBan? Because it highlights the thing that we're talking about. This kid recognized this is not a situation of instant gratification. This is a situation <laughs> where I got to learn and grow in this role. And But if I take the time to grow and learn and understand, at some point I'll get to where I'm trying to go. And, and, and that's such yeah. a hard lesson for young people. And, and we're well, not even young people, even older people. Even oh, here's the thing that here's the thing that I know everybody on this is this um, uh, our, our broadcast today and everybody listening is going to appreciate. How many people do you know right now who are in jet jobs or their quote unquote careers doing something that they absolutely hate? Come on, most, sir. most of the people, probably, right? Most of the people, I, but here's, yeah. the, but here's the other side of it. Yeah, I was just gonna say, but here's the other I side like, of it. How many of those people are uh, willing to pivot 
to make their lives better. Not many of those people. Because it's safer to and more familiar to well, stay where they at. Well, and that, and you know what else? It's what LeBaron said. They've dug such a hole for themselves that they feel like if I pivot, the climb out of the hole is too great. So I can't afford to pivot now. I've got to let this go. So now you redefine success, going back to what Al said, you redefine it in a way that doesn't really fit what your original definition was in the first place. Your original definition was this other thing that was great and it made you, you had, it was exactly what you wanted to do and this, that, and the other, but because life started happening, you said, well, I can't get that. So, but why can't you get that? Well, I, but Lillian also said about how the negativity that we're sown as children, that, you know, if you, you do start trying to dream like the kids in her classroom, we are the, we, we all are like kids in the classroom. We done come from backgrounds where our families and said, you saying, man, one day I'm going, you know, you can't be doing it. It's almost like the parents or your family end up talking you out of whatever it is that you know that you have in your heart to do. But here's the one component that we haven't talked about, and I want everybody to comment on this. While all of this stuff is happening, while all these decisions are being made, while you left, going left, you should have went right, going right, you should have went left. The one thing that you can never get back in the midst of all of that is time. Right. And so you're losing it, you're wasting it, you're you're you're, you're floundering in it, and and you're and and you can't get it back. And then there's a, and we don't know it, but the truth of the matter is, up up above us. Way up in the clouds, way above the clouds, in in this place we call heaven, there's a stopwatch on your life. And when and when the and when the man upstairs says click, that's oh, when it. he says time. So we're wasting it, and we don't. We assume we know how much time we got, but we don't know. So at what point do you change your life and change your mindset and say, man, I want to see. Man, the, the, here's the fear. I'm about to let y'all into my fear. Y'all ready? And this is probably going to be the pull quote for this show. I don't want to leave this earth having left my children with nothing. Yeah. As Unk Noise walks into the building. Oh! <laughs> I don't want to leave my children and leave this earth with leave my children with nothing. And I don't mean nothing just in terms of financial financial. I mean nothing in the terms of understanding how to build wealth and how to ha having wealth and how knowing how to build wealth. If I don't give them that blueprint before I leave and how to and then and and how to do that while still maintaining their faith in God, I feel like I may I let them down. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Uh, if I leave this place, Earth, without leaving them a dime, but I left them with uh, the knowledge and the skills to survive, I still feel like I've been successful. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I, I can't see putting a monetary value on success. Right, because because people do it all the time, and their kids are horrible, and they're, and they're and they're going and they're failing up. 
They're failing with money. Well, I was going to say, because some of it is them trying to just put money in a place where it needs to be their presence. It needs to be them being there with their kids. Instead, they put the money there, which is supposed to be a substitute for for their presence. Uh, instead of actually being there with the kids, training them up, showing them how to handle financial literacy, uh, showing them, you know, showing them, training them, guiding them. You just can't throw money at that and then expect money to do it. And then you wonder why your kid is the one that's kicking up all the dust or or like love and hip hop with all these all these children of all these famous people and stuff. You wonder why they so extra. Now, granted, some of that is the storyline and some of it is, 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 you know, scripted. But I'm saying some of that is that you just threw money at your kids instead of raising them. Well, you know, oh, no, I'm Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to no. say this much in mm -hmm. regards to what you're saying, Kenyatta. Um, you know, uh, I a lot of times people going up is when we talk about you know the success and the wealth and, and, and financial literacy with the kids. We don't have those conversations with the kids. My first conversation, uh, uh, growing up style, was conversation with my mom and dad when I was six. They had just saw one of their friends die. And, and nobody knew what to do with the kids. The kids, the kids were young like me. They didn't know nothing about the property, no nothing. I remember being sick, sitting at the kitchen table with my mom and dad. If we should die, here's my instructions. This is what you're going to do. I remember my parents sitting me down. If, and at the time, it was just me, Calvin Jr. If something should happen to mommy and daddy, who do you want to live with? Uh, you know, my uncle was single at the time. You know, it, mind you, we could have went with my aunt. And I was like, Uncle BB. Okay. Um, he, I, I, I'm going to tell you, my parents would show me here the deeds. This is where we hide. This is where we keep this. This is where the will is. I remember sitting there with my parents, read this to me. And, you know, and as a little kid, I struggled. They helped me with the work. So I knew what should happen. You know, we fast forward now. And unfortunately, my parents are getting older. And my parents, you know, bless their heart, they have a 70-acre farm. My, my, one of the things my parents hit me up with, if something should happen to us, this is how it's this farm costs. You got nine more years to pay it off. And nine years are done. This is how much money you're going to have to have. Um, one of my hardest times, for me personally, was when we went over to the USDA. And I was helping my dad, took my dad over there so he could train our, our, our farm papers. And then he tells Cecilia, Cecilia, my daughter needs to have at her name because I'm 71. And you know, I ain't gonna lie, I, I started, I, I'm about to cry now because I knew then my dad is saying, it's time for you to get ready. So a lot of times with black families, we don't have those conversations. Yeah. I, mean, I actually said, I don't have any kids. My, my parents even said, okay, if something should happen to you, Leo, what do you want to go with the 70 acres? What do you want to do with that 500 acres in Bradley? What do you want to do with that? You need to be planning out because you won't live forever. And those are conversations that in the black community, that's why you see so many folks online doing go funeral funerals. Because we yeah. don't have those yeah. yeah. Unk Noise is in the building, y'all. Uh, Unk, you've been listening to this conversation about black success and what it means um, what are your thoughts, man? What do you, what do you, what are you thinking when you hear all this? No, and welcome, I, sir. <laughs> I caught, thank you. I caught the milk. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Yeah. Um, I caught, I guess I came in on the end of the, uh, question. Yeah. Um, but you and I have had this conversation 
many times. You know, one of the things I I tell everybody, as a matter of fact, I spread this particular gospel. My relationships are currency for my son. And by that, I mean, I've gone about the business of my life. Now, my son, when we leave, he'll have the house. We got a bunch of land. Uh, he'll have that. And, we, and we're trying to set up funds. You know, we are not trying, but we are setting up in the, constantly putting together his funds, you know, for him to live as we leave. Also, there's in policies and things like that. The most important thing to me, again, are the relationships that I, that I accrue and build over the years. Because one of the things I found, especially in my life, is I was always able to depend on the kindness of friends. And by that, I mean, you know, we grew up extremely poor. Extremely, I mean, really poor. And had it not been for a lot of relationships, I don't know what I would have done. Now, we, of course, we have uh, a list, not just one or two, but we have a list of people we have spoken to in the event that something happens to us and we're not here. We were traveling, we were going to uh, Romania about, I think about 10 or 11 years ago. We went to Romania. Now we've made many, many trips since then. <clears throat> but Romania was a scary proposition because at that time, there was a lot of things happening in the airways, planes were falling pretty regularly. Uh, and, you know, a lot of terrorist acts were still taking place. And you know, you just didn't know. So we we at that point we instituted uh, our what we call our family plan, mm -hmm. and it was a plan for him going forward. Anything happened, so every year we update that. We try to educate him on the value of a dollar. Now, unfortunately, we've not done a great job with that. I'll be honest with you, mm -hmm. and the reason for that is. We've never really, he's never really had to deal with currency. Um, he's never wanted for anything. Anything he's wanted, pretty much he's had. We spoiled him in that sense. But we're at that place now where we're trying, we're instilling uh, really what it means to have money. Yeah. And again, not that we're rich, but what it means to have money. Because we're teaching him things that my mom not only did she not know uh, they weren't passed down from her family to her? Uh, can I can I jump in there real quick? Because you said something that triggered something for me. I remember four years ago, just four or five years ago, I was, I don't know what we were doing, but I, I just, my wife and my oldest had had a conversation about money and the conversation disturbed me so bad that I brought both the girls downstairs and I said, let me ask y'all a question. What do y'all think I make or what do you think mama makes or whatever? And listen, when we got into that financial conversation, I oh said to myself, gosh. oh my God, I'm failing you as a father. Because if that's what y'all think, if that's what y'all think about money, then y'all are not, y'all are clearly. So now we're doing better since that conversation. I listen, let me tell you how bad that conversation was. <laughs> I went out and bought Monopoly, I went out and bought life, I went out and bought some other stuff. And I said, We gonna we gonna use these things as metaphors, but I'm gonna teach y'all about money from a way different perspective. Cause 
I can't have you walking around thinking that this is how the world works. Right, right, you right. Y'all right, right. gonna learn today. So, and, and well, now, and LeBaron, I'll have you jump in right after this. That's the micro. Here's the macro. How many black families are like mine? Like they are living check to check and they're not seeing what you're talking about, uh, building wealth, owning land, owning a business, like Lil's talking about. How do you pass it down? How do you, they're not seeing that. And because they're not seeing that, their their financial literacy is check cash in places and EBT yeah. cards and all kinds of things oh, like okay. that that are not that's not even in the vicinity of what we're talking about. Go ahead, yeah. uh, uh, go ahead, uh, LeBaron. Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah. you go ahead. Oh, yeah, you done? Yeah, yeah. oh. oh no. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, go ahead finish up real quick. Yeah, then, and then we we'll get LeBaron in. Well, the 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 point for me was. Yes, man. One of the most important things you can do with your child is play Monopoly with them. I believe that with all my heart. Because if you play Monopoly with them, now here's the trick. You cannot let them win. You right. Have to, you have to teach them how to win. Right. You can't let them win. Because if you don't teach them, if you if you let them win, they'll not understand right. what's really taking place, what you're really trying to imbue in them. But the other thing is this, as far as our lives are concerned, and you and I have had this same conversation as well. I've empowered my son to dream. Yes. Because I didn't, you know, my dream of being a musician was one thing, but in terms of actually having something, having something as a result of being successful, having wealth, what it meant to do, what it meant to have the land and to dream about what I would do with it. Because those things are crucial because if, if I can teach him to understand the not only the value of a dollar, but how it's attached to your dreams, what that can, how you can achieve things with the use of money, then we all can win. Go ahead, LB. That's good, huh? I, I was, because uh, uh, Lord, you triggered something for me. I, at one point, I didn't think my children understood money, right? Because they were in the mindset that I wanted. You know, okay, we got it. So I came to the realization, I'm like, my kids think that we're rich. When we're obviously not rich because, I mean, there's so much stuff that I can run this old house that, you know, I got to replace all those on the bottom floor. So it's like, but what I had to, my daughter is the one who gave me a realization. She said, Daddy, you always say this. Hard to make money is how you spend what you make. So when I ask you for something, but I have an expectation for it, she goes, "It's not that I think you have it. I know you have the ability to obtain it." Which that's what I've taught them the whole life is that you know, it's not that we the It's not hard. You know, even when we were trying to pay bills and things like that, you know, those need to be paid. I did not mean I went out and painted somebody's kitchen up in the floor. You know, I redid a bathroom. I went out and made the money that I needed for that moment. Now, what I learned over time is how to spend it. And um, people don't realize you have to have a relationship with money. You have to respect it, right? Yeah. So I found out that I keep 
kids were understanding it, but the main thing that I was trying to get to them, I got to them, and I had to understand what I got to them was that my children understand this thing, that they have, we have the ability not to depend on anyone to go get what it is that we need, right? So in my children's mind, Daddy has the ability to make a phone call and make something happen. Because of the leg work and everything that he put with, right? But with that being the case, my kids have the inability to work for anyone else. My daughter tried it. She went out there, she's out there on the, she on the floor on her little high rise in Indianapolis. I'm not paying for that. She's paying for that through scholarships and everything else, right? Mm. And I mean, I'm I'm of her because she's living better than we are. You know, if y'all see her view, go mahogany lens on Instagram. That's her apartment that she takes all these pictures out of, right? And nice. um, the thing is, is she went and said, "Well, Daddy, I'm gonna go get a job at Bad Bath and Beyond." I'm, I'm like, "What do you want?" Go do that for her. Well, I want to get it up. She lasted three weeks. She lasted three weeks. She got three checks, and she goes, "Daddy, I get it. I'm just going to take uh, take folks, and I got to be here when they tell me to be here, and they don't care about me in school. They want me to sacrifice my time for school, and she has a, a day since." Some people say, hey, did I create a problem? No. I left her wife to know that she could create opportunities for herself. Well, and uh, right, you, it's not a problem. It's just saying what you just said. I, the, it's And again, I think we may have cracked the code here, kind of, sort of, today, in the sense that if, if how can the black community move forward collectively if individually we don't even know what success looks like like we have no idea what it looks like well so, and that's because we're allowing outside interests to declare what success is to us right if everybody else is defining your success then you don't you don't know how to define it well there's a there's a see, but again it comes back to you know uh what i was one of the things i was saying is i've, I've empowered Samuel the dream, right? But part of that is this. He figured it out himself, and I, and I kind of knew that would happen. When you dream, you start making a plan. Yes. Not, you, nothing's worse than money without a plan. Man. Oh. Like the worst oh. thing you could ever have is no purpose for your finances, no purpose for your, your, your future goals, no purpose for any of it. Because you, you, at some point, you are bound to fail. You're setting yourself up for failure. Well, I'll say it this way. Money without a plan is the GPS to destruction. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're about, gonna, it's, it's almost over at that point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this from a totally different perspective. Okay. Sure. So I'm going to admit, I go apart by no means. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm, I'm going to tell you to your face. Um, I'm blessed. I'm probably one of the very few African American families that it, when the slavery was immediately over with, we came around. I remember, and but it was something. But I'll tell you, one of the most valuable lessons I, 
that that I was ever taught was that your value, you know, money can go. If you don't own your land, if you don't own, not rent, not rent to own, flat out own it, your worth is not as good as you think it was. And I remember my Papa Sterling, um, he's the one who, who started our farm down in Bradley County. When he did um, a thing with us, um, when we were little, and he was like, he got a dollar bill and he burned it up. You know, little kids, that's a dollar. And he was like, you can burn this up and it's gone. Then he got a piece of, uh, like piece of something and he burned up and he's like, and it's gone. And then he's like, and I can set fire to the grass. And he set fire to the grass and it burned up. He's like, but I still own that land. I still own it. That grass can regrow. I can go get another dollar. I can go get such and such. He said, the house can burn down. I can rebuild the house. But I still own that land. And that, to me, to be honest with you, is probably one of the most valuable lessons that I ever got. You know, mm. my, you know my, fam my, my family, we didn't play Monopoly. Let me tell you what Calvin Hill did. When whenever we would go out, my dad would never ask us, what did we want to eat? He told us, you will eat this, 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 and this. When we went to the restaurant, he would mm -hmm. tell them, tell never give them a menu. They will eat this, this, and this. And I got curious. I was about eight and I asked dad, dad, why can't I choose what I want? Because, you know, you saw your little friends choosing what they want. He's like, because until you earn that dollar, you can't decide what you want. And I remember my first time we went out to Bonanza here in Pine Bluff. Oh, my God. My dad, <laughs> my dad yeah. lined us up and he and he went. He told he told lady, they're going to eat this, this. And I, and I looked at him and I actually looked at the lady and I said, no, I won't. And my dad looked at me. He said, excuse me. He said, well, I'm paying. And that was the proudest moment. I had saved up and get $12 in my pocket. And I said, no, I will eat this, this, and this. You know, I I don't think my dad, I, you know, I for a long time, I thought my dad never remembered that lesson. But he was like, he we were talking. And he's like, that was one of my most proudest moments. He said, because you knew that you controlled your money and you controlled your destiny. Yeah, and, wow, what a lesson. And, 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 and that is something that has stuck with me. Like I tell people all the time, and you know what? I grew up with an allowance. If, no. if we went on a family vacation, if we went on a family vacation, Lillian and Peel and Calvin Jr. got out there and picked tomatoes out the backyard, got a piece of wood and painted on it tomatoes for sale and stuck it in the front yard. <laughs> and people had to stop on the highway to buy tomatoes. We knew we were going to Virginia, so we need a pocket change. Yeah. You know, that that's the difference that I see. A lot of people now, they just want to give to their kids. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. You can't do it because you're not developing, I call it the hustle. You know, one of my I used to write it on my board in class all the time. Hustle, hustle hard. Closed mouth, don't get fed on the boulevard. Truest words. Truest words. And I, I know it's a rap song, but if you don't Shout know it. Rick Ross. No, I was just gonna say we're and we're laughing all, all laughing at that because it's funny, it is funny, but the reality is what Rick is doing for his kids, what Khaled is doing for his kids, what Jay is doing for the, his children, that's the way to do it. Teach your kids that your name, that your that your position, that you, that who you are matters. And people need to respect that and, and pay you for your value. 
You say that, and I, because I, 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 I hadn't heard it as much until we uh, started the show. Uh, and 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 uh, Unc Noise is always talking about your likeness. Yeah. Um, and 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 then with the thing with Dave Chappelle, you know, your name and your likeness, and that's what I and I will always continue to drive this into Azaria because Azaria is so creative and so talented that she's you know been writing scripts since she was. I can't even remember when she started actually. Eleven, Maybe, like you know, and now she's twenty, and she's got books and books and books of scripts and 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 sketches and stuff that she's drawn. And I tell her, and I will continue to say it, and I hope that it's etched in her heart that I let her know the story about the black woman that wrote the script for the Matrix. Mm. And how she showed it to the Wojowski brothers, if I'm saying it right, the Wojowski brothers. She showed it to them because she couldn't get, she was trying to find somebody to help her get in. And they took it. And now it's a, it's worth at least a billion dollars. And well, it's, I think it's more than a trilogy. They're still, they're in the process of, I think, of making another. Yeah, it comes uh, out this year. It comes out Another this year. Matrix. And it was her story. So now she had to go to go to court trying to fight for something that she wrote. But see, she was impatient and trusting. Because my, my Sora told me that when she got her scripts, that she's in L.A. now and she's, you know, currently uh, doing a short film with Columbus Short and uh, uh, Lettucey uh, to do the Mahalia Jackson story. And she said, hey, man, be slow to give your stuff to some of these folks. They will take your stuff and swear up and down that it was theirs. So you better do the poor man's, um, the, 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 uh, the, the poor man, I forgot what it's called. The poor man's, uh, it's when copyright. you write. Copy, yeah, poor man's copyright. Just do the poor man's copyright. Make sure you copyright your stuff before you, make sure you get your non-disclosure statements mm -hmm. because they will hijack your stuff, your blood, sweat, and tears because it's so much of a, a, a of a, a struggle because right now, if you notice, all they keep doing is remaking stuff. They're remaking mm -hmm. all these old stuff because it's almost like, have you run out of ideas? Because you won't reach back for these young people that do have the new ideas. You'd rather just go with what you know. So I, 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 I tell her that all the time. Listen, slow down with your, I just want to show this to somebody. I just want to show it. I said, I'm not trying to say that everybody's going to hijack your stuff. Not everybody. However, you do need to be cautious. One of the things that you express is, unfortunately, is being a black talent in America. Because Ever since our existence, and I won't, I'm not going to say a specific party, but they have stolen our ideas, our creations, you know, things like the stoplight, man, things like, uh, 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 not just not the just, light bulb, the light bulb, yeah, recipes, chaos, recipes, yeah, oh man, movies, uh, the guy that invented the super soaker, uh, you know, what I'm saying? yeah, that's been the, the thing of our life now. Here's what we, what again, what we try to do in, in my house, I try to do it everywhere I speak, is I try to make sure that information is fluid. Because if I can share with enough people, then some of this can stop. 
Because, if, you know what I'm saying, if we get in front of people and say, listen, man, this is how you copyright your material. Uh, it doesn't cost, I just had this conversation with a mutual friend of ours, what, three days ago. She, she, has, she has 30 pieces of music, had gone to the Grammys, get this, had gone to the Grammys as a nominee with one of her songs, somebody else, because she didn't copyright the song, is getting the benefits from her writing because she didn't copyright the song. And you know what she did? She, uh, and I'm not, uh, Mama Noise, just take this as a, uh, you know, education, education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did a poor man's copyright, which will not hold up in a court of law. What? No. No. You got to go to the Library of Congress. It only costs 30 bucks, 30, 35 bucks now. Go to the Library of Congress, go online. It takes you all of, if you can type, it takes you all of five minutes. To, to, to file your copyright. But because we don't have fluid information in the black community, because we don't share with each other all the information we need, people are still susceptible to these kind of things. But the reality again is, it's all about informing one another, not just our kids, because guess what? The people that I help today, again, I say our currency for my child, because I my, my thing to them is listen, if I help you with this, I expect if my son ever calls you for anything, you better be there. And that's it. I don't charge. I don't, you know what I'm saying? The, you don't owe me, the, that's what you owe me. If my son it, it, it ever needs anything, I, I'm trying to accrue as many of those type of relationships. Yes, he's going to have wealth when I leave. Yes, he's going to have land when I leave. Yes, he's going to know how to develop it, hopefully, and use it. To his, to his strengths and to his, but he's also gonna understand not only the value of a dollar, because what's more important is the value of relationships. If you don't have, listen, I, you can have all the money in the world, but a, but a bad credit score will make you spend 10 times as much as anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta understand, I'm not saying go get a bunch of credit cards. You, you know, when you get money, don't go buy the newest, shiniest card. When you get money, don't go buy the biggest, baddest house of no goodwill. You listen. I, I forget who it was, Lloyd, but you and I were do, looking at this one day, mm. and somebody—I forget who it was—but they said, "Man, you know, I'm looking at this house, and everything in this house is expendable. Everything in this house has no real, you know. Once I bought it, the value crashed. Literally, yeah. is you know what I'm saying? I watch these rappers go. What's the guy that's putting a diamond in his head? Uh, oh, Lord. Uzi Vert, I think you know his name. about 20 yeah. million for a stone to go in your head. Come on, man. That you know how much money that 20 million is really worth if you make it go to work for you. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 and, and the knowledge that you're talking about is, is just, man, we're not, we're not really. Man, we're not getting it. We are totally not getting it. So, man, that's really good stuff. I, this has been a good show. And I feel like we need to keep going or something. I don't know. Well, like, maybe we need to come back and double down tomorrow. Because it's so, like, we just really kind of skimming the surface. I mean, uh, the, richest, the richest man, it, it always goes back and forth between the three. But one of the three richest men in the world over the last 20 to 30 years is Warren Buffett. Yes. Warren Buffett lived in a house that cost less than $300,000. He walks to work. You know what I'm saying? He's got a car 
It ain't no, it ain't no Rolls Royce. It ain't no uh, uh, the latest uh, 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 Cadillac or the latest. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm here for that. What you're saying, Unc, but if I get to be his age and I have that much money, I'm not walking to work. Well, I'm just you know what? You, you, you can do with spending how you. But I'm just telling you. I think it's the mindset. Exactly. I think it's the mindset he's talking about, though. I yeah. mean, I think that's fantastic. But he's he's like you know almost 100 years old. But he's been doing that forever. It ain't it ain't just because he's 100. But you're talking about the mindset. You're saying. As black people, we we want to we want to to look like we got the money and we got nothing. Yeah. Whereas Warren saying, "Oh, I got it. I just I'll let you know when I'll tell you when I I'll show you what I got later." But I can. But here's the problem: Warren can walk you into IKEA and say, "Yeah, we walked over here, but this is mine." Yeah. And to me, that's far more impressive than how we got to IKEA. That you own IKEA is far more impressive than that we got over there. But he wouldn't own IKEA if he didn't have that mindset. That's he what I'm saying. That is, yeah. is to constantly accrue wealth and not squander it and waste it. And you know what's, what's funny is that I just read an article about him yesterday, and he, when you get to get be on his baller level, he gets he's fussing out Jeff Bezos about why you letting him unionize your business. You are worth. And he just goes into how much money he's worth, and he's like, "Why are you allowing them to u- unionize your, you know, Amazon? Why, yeah. why are you doing that? You don't, you don't have to do that." Well, you know, it it just seemed wild because you know here he is, you know, oh, I'm authorized to fuss you out. <laughs> well, well, you know, and, and and the other thing is this though. I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything against somebody living well. I have no issue whatsoever with that. Man, listen, you know, uh, my my point of my life, one of the main things in my life right now is to build the family home that I want down on my land in Alabama for my family. You know what I'm saying? My kids, their kids, their kids' kids. You know what I'm saying? And basically build a complex there. And so I have no issue with you living well. It's just that my mom always said, don't live beyond your means. If you got a million, don't spend half of it. Well, if you listen, if you if you at a million, and you say I'm a millionaire, but you spend half your million on nonsense, you ain't a millionaire. Well, if you got a million, you ain't a millionaire, right? Man, it takes a whole, a lot more nowadays to be to, to yeah, be you might be a thousandaire. Yeah, we got to revisit this conversation again tomorrow. This is too good. This is way yeah. too good. And we're giving a million dollar game, a million dollars worth of game for $9.99 a day, and y'all ain't appreciating it. But I appreciate it. So I want to keep it going. Because this is this is what you want. You want to be around and listen to people who have that mindset of how to make it make us better. So tomorrow I want to go dive deeper into how we take this thing called success this black success and create it and make it bigger for our community. Cause if we want to see our community change, this has to be not become the exception. This has to become the rule. This kind of, these kind of conversations had to be the rule of what we're doing. We can talk about love and hip hop another day. We can talk about all this other nonsense another day. Let's yeah. talk about this money. Let's talk about this, this, this building, this, this community building kingdom. How do we do it? How do we do it? 
This is good. Thank you, Lil. This is awesome that you pulled up today. Yeah, just with you hey. talking black success, all our uh sponsors start falling out the woodwork. I know. See, y'all see, I was busy while we were talking. Yes, like, you was working, boo. Yeah, we, I gotta we, make the babies cute. Well, that's that'll that's that'll go a long way to doing it. That'll go a long way to doing it. Getting that nail you together. Um, let's yeah. uh, man, can we can we can we? I ain't saying y'all gotta come back, but I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna send you the link so you can. Uh, we come back and and, and continue this conversation on tomorrow. Yeah. The can, part hey, can I ask something, Lloyd? Absolutely. Hey, can I ask something, Lloyd? Absolutely. Hey, I would love it. Because everybody keeps listening and talking. You know, I'm a teacher, you know, ex-teacher rather. Have questions. Ask. Tomorrow, bring questions. Since we're going to continue this, get friends in, have everybody. If you're at home with your kids, have your kids step in. Have them yeah. ask us questions. Because we can talk all day long about this. But if you're curious, the, the one thing to help you down that path is asking questions never be afraid to ask questions yeah okay and you know because i may come across something you may ask me a question or you may ask a question or you may ask la Le, Le, uh, a question and and it may be something you know what i wish i had a thought of that it's just like mm -hmm. i keep myself i keep telling okay i gotta tell LeBaron, would you please sign up for gold belly because <laughs> i want to use my gold belly boy <laughs> So, like I say, so tomorrow, if we're here tomorrow, please just come with a bunch of questions to ask us. You know, that way it kind of helps you. To, somebody might need that push to get started. Well, to Lil's point, uh, and going off of something Unc said as well, uh, when right before Jay-Z truly broke out, like before he really, really broke out on the business side, one of the first things he did was to go sit and have lunch and coffee with Warren Buffett. Mm. So his success is not accidental. Same thing with right. Coach Brian. Yeah, they didn't go. They didn't go say, Warren, can you invest in our business? He, no, I just want to sit and talk and do exactly what Lil said. I just want to ask you some questions. And by asking those questions, well, I remember asking you to get me in a room with your friend. Um, uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Uh, uh, the, the Mr. Wendy's, Mr. Uh, Coca Cola. Uh, this I said, I right just want to get in the room, <laughs> and I just want for that. This ain't the time for that. This ain't the time not, for that. Not, not, not for this. this well, this. I'm just saying, yeah, I understand. We, we will talk about that later. <laughs> I was just put me in the room. Put me in, coach. I, listen, Mama Noah, woman, <laughs> time is in the cell. It was for my grandmama. Put me out there, man. Because <laughs> at first I thought I was like, I did, did I do something? Did I, wait a minute. Oh, no, I was sitting like, oh, going, what is you? going on? <laughs> yeah, the, when we get out this, when we get out this, this boy, let me just tell you, podcast listeners, Mama Noise is gonna be late tomorrow. I'm just telling you. Wow! Right. Oh, hold here. Let me tell you, what you ain't gonna do is roll on my. Nose. I can't hear you, Lil. What you say? What you say, Lil? Oh, let's go. Your head account, Lil. Your head account, you think you do? Absolutely. 
just ain't right. It just ain't right. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hey, Lord, I, just let me go outside and type it on in our, in our Zayn chapter. Z5, so sweet. This is the address. We will we roll up. I'm not afraid, Lil. You you act like we're not you not you act like it's not more of us than it is of y'all. Don't start a civil war, Lil. This get ugly. A civil hey, hey, we should hey hey we should have the you know, <laughs> Wait a minute, that was created by Zeta. Exactly. And I was so <laughs> hate to see, I show hate to see that bad signal go up. And you be like, wait a minute, I did that. Yes, you did. You did that to yourself. <laughs> The bat signal. Oh my goodness, y'all are so fun. I swear we got the best podcast on the earth. The on earth. I don't hear I'm listen, this is real talk. I don't hear a lot of podcasts having these kind of conversations. Uh or at least not as good as this one. At least that maybe I'm listening to the wrong podcast, but I try to listen to some good ones. Uh, but we have some really good ones here, and I appreciate it very, very much. So all right, we're gonna take a, a 23 hour or a 22 hour break. Come back and do all this, the part two of this, uh, and get you ready for your weekend. Want to remind everybody that Lil is not just a, a, a mind of monumental proportions, but she also can be contacted on Facebook for with the Lil Company, and you can get uh, come and get some of that stuff that she got right there, all these wonderful things. Go to the Etsy shop and uh, etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash a Lil Company. Get your 20% off. Talking noise is one word. Type it all in. Oh, and, hey, and then I want to say yes. Somebody asked me, could I use a promo on a custom on a custom blanket? The answer is yes. Shout out to the Franklin family. Franklin, there you go. Uh, fast the court. There you go. There oh, you go. Shout oh, out to oh, oh, they 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 setting it off. They setting it off. I, I'm just uh, I'm just waiting for the shipment to get in. Oh my. Oh my. I also want to give love to our other sponsor, Popcorn World, doing the world of flavor.com. Please go over there and get your popcorn. Uh man, with March Madness coming, you need your popcorn. Like you really need to get geared up for real. Go over there and noise for 20% off. Uh, we got so many wonderful things going on with this company right now. It's amazing. Um, I wanted to show you guys the uh what is it? The bland. There it is. The uh the the we're almost at nine hundred eight thirty seven uh as of this morning and yep. so when we get to this nine hundred number all these wonderful things can be yours a hundred dollar gift card popcorn the zodiac blanket the 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 vodka soaked strawberries or, or wine soaked strawberries I gotta tell you something uh Unc noise uh Ron showed us a picture of our strawberries and pineapples. There's going to be some quacking going on. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Uh, okay. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we got our guy Spike Davis coming right. um, this Saturday night. We're going to have a really, really good time with him. Uh, just the comedy is gonna be so good. I'm, we gonna we gonna cut anybody that requested to be on Uncork Wine. You know they coming to cut the food. They got to be coming to cut the food. So you know it's gonna be good. Um, and then finally we got the bracket thing. You still got some time to get in. I saw some of your entries. I think that's very cool. Uh, get in while you have time. Uh, some of y'all already using ESPN. 
and you qualifying for stuff in those games, you can qualify to win stuff with us as well. And you and you may already have the, the, the bracket done. Then all you need to do is just go in there, create it, and then move your bracket over to our group, and you can qualify in our group as well. So there you go. I think that's everything. I can't think of anything else. Shout out to eBay for all this love they've been showing us. Uh, and I think we may have a new sponsor coming on. I'll tell you all about that later. Um, that's it. That's all I got. I got nothing else. Oh, you got anything you want to share with anybody? Any surprise? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're gonna pick this up again tomorrow, man, because uh, you know there's so much uh, to discuss, especially yeah. just the understanding of generational wealth. Yes, yeah. Understanding what that what that can mean and what it does mean for a family, because you think about the other cultures, the other nationalities in this country, they all have plans for generational wealth for their family. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as black people, we don't always have that. We very seldom have that. And, and I think it's the reason why we are where we are. Well, the part of that has, you know, again, a condition of that plantation mentality, that slave mentality is I got to do for myself, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, survival. It's, we're still in survival mode instead of being in share mode. Yeah. We've got to get to, we've somehow got to get to share mode and realize that it's safe to share information with one another. But you know, when, you're, when, you're, when you have the slave mentality, it's not safe to share information with one another because if it gets back to the master that you tell them, you don't want to go get your leg cut off. You don't want to go get tortured. You don't want to go get messed up. So that's still ingrained in a lot of people. Wow. That's powerful. You're right. You're right when you said what you said when you said it. See? <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, man, I can't wait to finish this tomorrow. It's going to be great. Um, with that being said, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. Talking noise. We're out this piece. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.